0: We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. What a great season it is to lift up and celebrate the Lord and rejoice. Amen. Uh, We are in a new year, right? So let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King. We love you and praise you and thank you for this new year. We thank you very much for this new year, actually, because, Lord, the last year was a little difficult. But we're believing, O Lord, that this year will be amazing. And so, Lord, we're thanking you for... Last year, we're thanking you for this year. We're thanking you for our family. We're thanking you for all the blessings that you give us. Lord, we do pray for our country. We ask, O Lord, that you would send revival so that our people would not be angry and bitter towards one another, but they would see the love of God and they would spread that instead of their hurts and their their bad feelings. So, Lord, we're believing, Lord, you for miracles. And we thank you and praise you and honor you. Give you all the glory in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, past couple weeks, we've talked about Hanukkah and assimilation into our country. And I figured, hey, if we're going to focus on the new year, let's begin it with great faith and hope. Uh, but also understand that uh, this is a we got to get back to the basics of uh, making sure we have our foundations right, and then the faith and the hope will will come up. So before we get started today, let me certainly mention that we'd love your financial support this year. It's we, you know, we depend completely on you and your generosity. So we thank you for listening. We thank you for listening this past year. If you're a new listener, we thank you for li- listening as we begin this year. I'd like to begin today's teaching with a reading from this week's, this past week's parasha. Now, the parsha is that portion we read every week, and it has the Torah reading as one of them. And uh, I believe it has relevance to what I'm going to speak about. Uh, this weekend, we finished the book of Genesis. In the last chapter, of uh, 50, verse 24 and 25, it reads, Then Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die. But God will surely take notice of you and will bring you up from this land to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made Israel's son swear an oath, saying, when God takes notice of you, you will bring my bones up from here. Well, uh, that's uh, interesting. It's very prophetic, certainly. Um and Joseph is saying that really, I guess when he, he in a sense, saw the, the difficulties that the people of Israel would have, but when God takes notice of you, meaning 400 years later, um, you'll bring my bones up from here, meaning I don't want my bones in Egypt. I want them with uh, our ancestors. But that kind of gives me the thought of asking the question, uh, if you were about to die, what would you say to your family? What, what would you say to them? Joseph says he wants his bones moved. I'm not sure that's what I would say. Um, what would you, Think about it for a second. What would you say to your family if you had, uh, you know, a few minutes left to speak to them? Well, if I were in that position, I believe I would say to them, Walk strongly with the Lord, trust in him, and he will direct your ways. So as we start the 2021 uh, year, what will we do? Actually, what will I do to follow my own direction? So I have an opportunity before I die, right, to take my own advice, In short, I want the Lord to see me as a disciple, as his disciple. I desire to have my life and the motivations for what I say and do be all about the Lord, that he would be pleased with what I say and what I do. And I believe there are a few parts to see how this happens effectively first, I have to have a good picture of who God is. And so I would ask you, do you have a good picture of who God is? And have a good picture, secondly, of what he has done and what he is doing and what he's about to do. And third, have a plan in order to be more like him, in order to be closer to him. So first, Let's look at who God is. Now, first of all, I have a number of characteristics to describe who God is. He is omni- uh, omniscient. Omniscient. <laughs> there we go. Omniscient. God knows everything, and his knowledge is complete. So, as an example, Isaiah forty twenty eight says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Adonai is the eternal God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow tired or weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Okay, so that, that, that you can't search out his understanding. It's complete, right? In Job 37, 16, it says, Do you know the balancing of clouds, the wonders of him who has perfect, Knowledge. Wow. Imagine having perfect knowledge. And then in Psalm 147.5, it says, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Wow. Can you imagine understanding that's infinite? It means it has no end to it. That's pretty incredible. And Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments, and how incomprehensible His ways! You getting a sense of of this characteristic of God that He He knows everything. First John three nineteen and twenty. By this we shall know that we are of the truth, and set our heart at rest before Him. Whenever our heart condemns us, for God is greater than our heart and knows all things. God knows all things. So that's that first characteristic. The second one, he's omnipotent, which means that he has unlimited ability and power. There are no limitations on what he can do. Well, wow, that's going to give me a lot of hope, right? I mean, this is the God we're serving. In Genesis eighteen fourteen, it says, Is anything too difficult for Adonai? At the appointed time, I will return to you in about a year, and Sarah will have a son. And so we know that story. Sarah did have a son, just as the Scripture said. In Job 42, 2, it says, I know you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. And Colossians 1.17, he exists before everything, and him in him all holds together. So we see that this is a very exciting to, to understand who the God we serve is. And besides those two, number three is he's omnipresent, which means God is everywhere. He is present in all places at all times. Well, Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of Adonai are everywhere, observing the wicked and the good. Jeremiah 23.24 says, Can anyone hide himself in places so secret that I, meaning God, will not see him? Do I not fill heaven and earth? It is a declaration of Adonai. And of course, Psalm 139, 7 through 12. Where can I go from your ruach, from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, look, you're there too. If I take the wings of the dawn and settle on the side of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. So a fourth characteristic is that god is immutable what that means is he doesn't change i think that's pretty exciting that you can count on god because he doesn't change not like people right (laughs) malachi 3 6 says for i am adonai i do not change so you children of jacob are not consumed And Hebrews 13.8 says, Yeshua the Messiah is the same yesterday, today, and forever. All right. Another characteristic of God is that he's holy. Now, this is actually very difficult to define. When describing God, I mean, how would you describe his holiness it's it's much easier to define our holiness uh, in relationship to him um because that we can understand a little better um in in our holiness it's a life that is set apart reserved to giving god glory and um so i guess god's holiness is that he's already set apart and he's already um just he he gives himself glory by who he is. You know the fact that Yeshua is called holy is another indication of his deity. By the way, and we see when we are call when we say we're uh, getting more holy, then we we we're referring to our life is more disciplined or focused and attention to matters of righteous living. So God is holy. It, it, in Leviticus eleven forty four, he says, I am Adonai, your God. Therefore, sanctify yourselves or separate yourselves and be holy, for I am holy. And, and, and I'm, as thinking of God's holiness, I guess what we could say is that God is separate from everything else. He is high above everything else. And so he is naturally separated because there is none like God. And we can seek to be holy as he is holy. Um, Isaiah forty three fifteen, I am Adonai, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. Ezekiel 39, 7 says, so I will make my, my holy name known among my people Israel. I will not let my holy name be profaned anymore. The nations will know that I am Adonai, the Holy One in Israel. So in this sense, I, I, I feel like holy is revered. Um, it, it, it's, it's a reverence that we have for God. In Luke 4.34, it says, What have we to do with you, Yeshua of Nazareth? Have you become have you come to destroy us? I know you are. You are the holy one of God. So even a demonic spirit knows that Yeshua is holy, right? <laughs> wow. And John 6, 69, we have trusted and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And so I think it's clear that Yeshua is. God in the flesh. He is the Holy One of God. Now, another characteristic of uh, God is that He is perfect in righteousness. He is righteous, which is His morality because of His perfection in holiness. I mean, uh, you know, these words are somewhat similar, but they're different. And righteous is... Is God's behavior. He's always right. That's what righteous is. And Ezra 9.15 says, Adonai, God of Israel, you are righteous, for we are left this day as a remnant. Behold, here we are before you in our guilt. Because of it, no one can stand before you. So God's righteousness is, is the perfect combination of, of his compassion and his judgment, and isn't that a difficult thing? It's oh, it, it it's like a daily thing that we wrestle with, don't we? It's that combination of correcting people with compassion and trying not to judge them, but judging what they do. And it it's look, this is this is difficult, and that's why God is God, and we aren't. But it is amazing that we can serve a God who's righteous. In Psalm 145.17, it says, Adonai is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his deeds. And 1 John uh, 1 John one 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive our sins and purify us. From all unrighteousness. I love this. So, through his righteousness, he forgives our sins. It is, in a sense, it is right for him to forgive our sins. And he also purifies us from our unrighteousness because we, you know, that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But he is willing to purify us through his righteousness from our unrighteousness. What an amazing thing that God does. Another characteristic about God is that he is sovereign. Well, that means that he is the supreme ruler with ultimate authority, power, ultimate everything, really. He's in control, complete control. You know, we look around our country and the world and we say, oh, my goodness, right? It's, it's crazy. But he is still in control. And fortunately or unfortunately, in his control, he's given us free will with the ability to either obey or reject his leading. You know, sometimes I wish he didn't give us free will so that we could get this right but unfortunately, that's part of the journey, or fortunately, that's part of the journey. And so becoming a disciple is getting it right before the Lord. It is, it, it is using that free will which he's given us as the ultimate supreme sovereign power to use it for him. In Proverbs nineteen twenty one, it says, "Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the counsel of Adonai will stand." Or Psalm one fifteen three, "Our God is in the heavens; He does whatever pleases Him." <laughs> or First Chronicles twenty nine eleven and twelve, "Yours, Adonai, is the greatness, the power, and the splendor, and the victory." And the majesty, indeed everything in heaven and earth. Yours is the kingdom, Adonai, and you are exalted above all. Both riches and honor come from you. You rule over everything. In your hand is power and might. In your hand to magnify and give strength to all. So the fact that you're sovereign, you give gifts— and one of the gifts is, is that we can control in a sense. Uh, we have a freedom to, to do what we want. And I think that's a gift, right? <laughs> and, uh, it gives us gifts of strength and gifts of health and, and, and so many things. So it's really an amazing thing that God has. Who he is and and what he does for us and and that is a segue by the way that when we talk about God it's hard to separate who he is from what he does and so we here have uh, next not just the characteristics of God but I want as as our foundational belief to talk to you about the triune nature of God. This is so important to understand who God is, and it definitely segues segues into what he's done. So as we receive this in our heart and our mind and our spirit, we will have a better foundation for how to become a real disciple, a true disciple. The disciple has to know and trust the one who is discipling, which is God, right? So let's see what we know, what we believe about God. Now, I've separated God into the three natures of God, God the Father. So let's start with that. As the only absolute and omnipotent ruler in the universe, he is sovereign in creation, wisdom, and redemption, God the Father continually upholds, directs, and governs all creatures and events in his sovereignty, while allowing free will for all mankind. God the Father saves men from condemnation. He adopts as his own all people who come to him through his Son, Yeshua, the Messiah. Okay? So that would be my description of God the Father. Um, I believe it's a little longer on our website, but I think this is kind of the summary. Um, I have a little bit more on Messiah Yeshua just because I believe that this is is crucial uh, to understand who Yeshua is. And the first thing that I say is Yeshua is God who came to earth in the flesh, fully God, meaning deity, and fully man. Yes. And Yeshua is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the promised Messiah of Israel. Yeshua willingly became the final atonement for the sins of the world by shedding of his blood. Yeshua died by crucifixion, was physically resurrected in three days, and ascended to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. You know what? I don't have time to finish this. We're going to have to finish this next week, and we will get into discipleship and lots of other wonderful things as this year begins. But I'm telling you that it is always good to go back to the basics and see what God would have us know. You know, when you know who God is, you automatically know what he does. And when you know who God is, you automatically know your identity in him. And when you know who God is, your faith grows and your life expresses who he is within you. And that's why we're going over these. As we begin this new year, again, I mentioned we can use your financial support. Call Karen for any issues that you have, anything you need, 813-831-5673. She will be back uh, tomorrow from her vacation. I pray that these broadcasts have touched your heart, so Lord, I pray in this new year that you will bless our listening audience, that they will have a, a desire, and they will grow in that desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua mashiach Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Oh, the Lord